cup of coffee in the big time, yeah. I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee in the big time. This is Tall Can Audio. Off and running on an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. Matt Robinson with you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. On Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, go ahead and give us a follow there. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. We've talked a couple times lately on here about all the cool friends of the show that we've met throughout the pandemic, but always met virtually and haven't been able to, to get together, have a pint and, uh, and do the kind of things that, that this show is supposed to sound like. But we check another one off the list today. Another guy that we met during the pandemic who's making his in-studio debut. We pluck him out of a tiny little company down in Toronto. You may or may not have heard of it, Sportsnet. It, it's going to be a thing, I think. Maybe. Uh, we give him a cup of coffee in the big time, a pint of beer in the big time here on TCA. Kevin Mickey's here. What's going on, man? Yeah, cool is very relative. You said cool friends. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Uh, it, I, I'm happy to be here, man. I'm, I'm finally re- happy we're able to finally shoot the shit here and actually have a pint together. This is nice. You're here in the nation's capital, man. What the nation's cap. Yeah. What brings you to town? Well, I got some family in the area and I wanted to come say hello. This is the last weekend I have offer of like two months at least. So (laughs) I figured now's the time because they also are busy and... So I figured I'd stop into the Tolkien Audio Studios as well, and also because you promised uh, free beer. So here I am. That's true. That's something we do around here. Oh, yeah. What did you choose out of the... uh, The mystical TCA fridge there. What'd you go with? So this is from Beyond the Pale Brewing. Nice. 250 City Center Avenue, (laughs) Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Beyondthepale.ca. This is the tasty NEPA? Northeastern Pale Ale, Northeastern Pale Ale. I was trying to figure out that. I was like, I know PA. A lot of abbreviations, man. A bit of a letter salad there. Uh, It's pretty tasty, actually. Okay. Yeah, it's not too, it's not, it's five and a half percent, but it's not too heavy. I like it. So like a lot of people, Kev jumped the gun. We didn't get to listen to him open his beer on the air. But, oh, uh, that's, fuck. Sorry. That's <laughs> all right. Well, you were like, take the beer. I was yeah. like, oh, beer. I'll drink crack. the beer. Yeah, yeah exactly. God damn it, there's no there better go. sound. No, it's true. So uh, I'm going here with uh, the Ashton Brewing Company, about half hour west of town is is Ashton. They have an amber that I don't think I've tried before. That's what I'm going with today, 5%. Uh, not too bad. Um, you're down in the in the GTA. I know you're big into the craft beer thing. Have you yep. stumbled across anything cool lately? Anything new that's uh, that's had your attention? New, 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 new. Uh doesn't have to be new, just whatever's been on your mind, man. Well, I was in uh, I was in Leftfield Brewery a couple weeks oh, ago, yeah. and they so that's my favorite brewery okay. in Toronto. Yeah, uh, it's probably it's probably the closest to me, anyways, which is helps out because sure. it's easy to go to. I walk my dog there. We hang out. We have a beer. Um, <laughs> dog friendly. Thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, super dog friendly. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's great. You bring the dog in, and then the dog. My dog loves going in too because my dog is now trained to know any time that she goes in a store with me, mm-hmm. she's going to get a treat. So she's like, "Hell yeah, let's go in. <laughs> let's go." Yeah, you're getting a treat. She's getting a treat. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the name of their brand new one. Um, uh, I was like. It was like hot and it wasn't hiding inside because that would be a good like weed beer. Um, it was, uh, it, it was like a pale ale that they had just made. It was okay. really good. Everything that Leftfield puts out, Honestly, I've yeah. always been a huge fan of. And they, they do put out new beers quite often. They just had their 10 year anniversary as a company. Right. So they put out a shitload of new beers and I think I tried every single one of them. <laughs> and the problem is I consumed them too quickly and I didn't, apparently I didn't 
jot it down. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't drink in, for lack of a better term. I didn't drink in exactly yeah. what I was drinking. Uh, but yeah, everything from left field I've always loved. And I brought you a couple of beers from uh, Bellwoods Brewery, which has always been a favorite of mine, too. The, the Jutsu that I brought you is one of my favorite beers. Um, and then one of my favorite sours uh, comes from Bellwoods as well. Okay. I'm looking forward to trying that. It was just a, a little bit warm, you understand, so we didn't have it on this uh, this particular episode, but it's in the fridge, yeah. In, in the car for over, yeah, yeah. over no, four course, hours. Yeah. That's what happens, yeah. For sure. Um, your colleague there, Arden Welling, was on a week or two ago. Oh, yeah? And uh, we talked to him about... Um, he referenced left field as well because he lives within walking distance. Oh, so that means Arden, I didn't even know that. Arden and I must live really close to each other. Sounds like, man. So uh, I was, you know, it's you know funny. There. Uh, last year, I ran into, or I saw Arden at the airport uh, because my buddies and I, we go on this trip every year where we go follow the Jays somewhere. Right. And so last year we decided, because we hadn't been there, we were like, well, let's go to Milwaukee. No one really, ch- no one often says, where do you want to travel right. to? Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, so we chose Milwaukee just because the Jays were there. And uh, we played some golf as well. Right. Uh, we played Aaron Hills, which is, they held the U.S. Open there like six or seven years okay. ago. Yeah. It was a hell of a hard course, but it was cool. Right. Uh, but anyways, on our way back, we connected, we had to connect through Chicago and Arden and the Jays team did the same thing. The Jays team being our team, Sportsnets. Yes. Yeah. And I saw Arden at the bag check afterwards, and he looked miserable <laughs> because it was when Air Canada truly had was just awful, awful, right. awful in everything that they were doing. I mean, Losing jury's, everything. Yeah, jury's still out if, if they've yeah. recovered at all. Uh, and Arden was just standing there, just looked so miserable. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to go say hi. He's probably going through it. <laughs> saw him at work the next week. I was like, yeah, I saw you a bag check. He was like, oh, I was miserable. I was just like, oh, well, I'm, that I'm, was glad, I didn't, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't bother you then. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, it was brutal getting home. Yeah. Well, it's a, it sounds like you guys are neighbors anyway. Same neighborhood anyway. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. have to reach out to him about that. Yeah. Um, go back and check that episode out if you haven't had a chance yet. Talkinaudio.com or wherever you're hearing us right now. All kinds of Jays talk, spring training up and going and... uh and I think they're actually playing as we sit here right now, another uh, spring trade. Is that the vibe around work right now? Is that what everybody's kind of focused on? I know the playoffs and the NHL and the NBA are coming up, but but the Jays are, are king shit around Sportsnet, are they not? Well, I would say NHL is, is True enough, top yeah. tier. It's a lot over, of money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> tied it's, up in that. And, you know, as popular as the Jays are, which they absolutely are, um, NHL still drives yeah. the needle most out of anything in Canada. It doesn't matter what sports network or what's media network sure. you work for. The NHL is king overall. Yeah. Uh, but this time of year, the Blue Jays are certainly huge, particularly for Sportsnet. We haven't quite reached baseball or hockey playoffs yet, but baseball is new again. It's fired up again. We're exactly. excited again. Yeah, right? And it's, everybody's very excited. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw, it was like two weeks ago, the Jays, the spring training opener on television, on Sportsnet, uh, yeah. drew like 500,000 people or something yeah. like that. And that was more than what Yankees games usually draw just for a regular, regular season, for a regular yeah. season game in the States, which is, which is insane. It yeah. Is. yeah. So, I mean, damn, that appetite is huge. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's going to be another big year for, and Sportsnet's going to try and capitalize on that. You know that. And of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of different things we're going to touch on here. And of course, a little later on, we're going to talk some wrestling because we have to do that. Got it. Of course. Yeah. Got stuff. Uh, before we do, I want to shout out our friends over at the Nita Beer Company. They are planning right now, uh, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day party. That's a Friday. It's going to run from uh, noon till 11 p.m. That's well past regular hours for them. Uh, no charge to come in for the party. All kinds of, uh, of St. Patty's themed music. They're going to have some, some movies up on the, uh, on the big screen, of course, just, uh, 
what do they call it? Closed captioned because they want the tunes going. Of course. Prizes for most enthusiastic St. Paddy's. If you got green, if you got anything like that, show up with that. But I will say they are rerunning their Tears of a Sasquatch stout on St. Patrick's Day. There is two stouts going on, but the Tears of a Sasquatch is one they've only run once. It was about two years ago during their uh, their craft beer holiday advent calendar, and they're bringing it back. It is a toasted coconut stout, and it is delightful. Uh, absolutely fantastic. The only thing they're asking, like I said, no tickets, no charge to get in, but if you want some of that, they're asking you to buy that ahead of time at nitabeer.com, N-I-T-A beer.com. Because it's a very limited run. They want to know how many people are looking for that. Um, so if you just pre-order your pint of that at needabeer.com, if that's what you're looking for. Otherwise, just show up. Come on in. It's going to be an awesome time over at the Need a Beer Company. 190 Colonnade Road here in uh, in Ottawa. That is, of course, on St. Patrick's Day, noon to 11 p.m. Uh, they're also bringing back their original stout called Perfectum. If you're not really into the coconut thing, uh, shame on you, but you can do it uh, with the Perfectum. That's going to be back up and running as well. It's going to be an awesome time, man. Do you go big into St. Patty's Day, Kev? Anything on the I, agenda? Or? I definitely used to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think a lot of us did when we were, when we were younger. For sure. Uh, this year, I got nothing planned. Um, I, I will say that uh, Jesus, I think it was a decade ago now. I think it was 2023. Uh, I was in Dublin on St. Patrick's wow. Day. Yeah. So I'm not sure anything else is going to really top that. For no, me. probably not. Man. Yeah. No, it all goes downhill. Guinness guy? That. Do you get into that or do while I you were there? Were, while you were in Dublin, was, was Guinness the, uh, the there was, It was flowing. I yeah. mean, it's like when, you, when you're drinking Guinness in Dublin, it's like drinking right out of a stream, essentially. Right. Yeah, it's the freshest <laughs> of the fresh. Uh, the, the group that I was with, we did like the tour of the Guinness factory. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was okay. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot based on history. There wasn't a lot of like beer chatter going okay. on. I wanted to know like how they make Guinness. Sure. Uh, but the best part was at the end of it, Dublin doesn't really have any doesn't have any skyscrapers, so one of the tallest buildings is the observation tower that they have at the Guinness factory. Okay. So you go up to the top of this tower, and then you have a three hundred and sixty panoramic view of Dublin and surrounding area, and you right. drink and you drink a Guinness up there, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, drink a shitload of Guinness, yeah. drink a ton of Jameson whiskey because uh, the Jameson factory is there as well. Oh so it, it was a good time, what and also I yeah I was I was also in my mid twenties, so yeah, I, I could I could handle it a lot better. Right. Uh, over I went over to um, you know not for St. Paddy's Day, but was in Copenhagen and uh, Malmo, Sweden, which was just across the street there. We decided we're there for a week, Tuesday to Tuesday. We'll save the Carlsberg Brewery for the last day of the trip. We'll go there Monday afternoon, Monday sure. night. Best for last. Yeah. Got there. Closed on Mondays. <laughs> I have a photograph of six grown men that you would swear were in kindergarten and just had their toys taken. Away. Yeah, yeah, Like the most depressing. The candy factory's closed. What are you talking right. about? We took like these local buses across Copenhagen and then it drops you at the bottom of this big hill that you walk up just to find this like tiny little sign hung on the gate. Like, yeah, closed on Mondays. Oh. See you tomorrow. And you're like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> like this was a once in a lifetime deal. So yeah, that's really the, on us, I guess, under-researched. Right? It's not just like, ah, we'll, we'll visit we'll it. We'll swing just, back. <laughs> yeah. The next time we're in Copenhagen, which obviously happens all the time. Sure. Yeah. So that was too bad, but uh, it, it happens. It happens. Uh, yeah. I'm for, for St. Patty's Day, I, I don't, I don't even, I think I might be working. I can't. I can't even yeah. remember. So if I'm working, maybe I'll drink a beer at After, work. Yeah. Oh, okay. During work. Sure. That'll make work a lot more interesting. No doubt. Who knows? Uh, 
that's why we do this show. I consider this work and <laughs> a couple pints or however I, that works. I mean, I'm just practicing then for yeah, my, yeah, exactly. my when work. You, when we permanently pull you out of sports now. Exactly. To exactly. <laughs> Where the pay is no hell, but the perks like the beers aren't too bad. If somebody wants to pay me in beer, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, until the mortgage comes due or, or however that shakes loose. I'm, I'm going to try and give the my landlords beers. Maybe they'll accept that. All right. Yeah, yeah. Like it just becomes the new economy. In place of thousands of dollars a month, you can have <laughs> hundreds of beers. That's about the equivalent. Um, as we sit here right now, um, the World Baseball Classic for Canada has not fired up yet, but it will by the time people hear this. Sunday on Sportsnet, 3 p.m. Eastern, taking on Great Britain. What's your, your interest level? Because I've sort of had this... I don't know. I, I I really dig the idea, right? Every year I yeah. kind of, I really want to get into it, but I kind of keep getting taken out of it by like the first round 55 pitch yeah. limit or what, yeah. like there's little things like that, that I understand why they have to do it, but it kind of, it's a bit of a drag on my excitement, I find. And you know, what's funny this year is even speaking to that. Now, when you watch spring training games, uh, the one I, I watched spring training game yesterday with, uh, the Jays, that was Thursday being yesterday. Yeah. Um, and it was two hours and 10 minutes. And yeah. I went, oh my God, this flew by. And <laughs> then you go to the World Baseball Classic where they have all the traditional rules with no yeah, pitch no clock. Yeah, no pitch clock yet. And I, I, the other night, so traditionally I'm, I'm staying up till like 3 or 4 a.m. Right. That's just the life that I live. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm getting like whatever, normal eight hours of sleep every night. It's just because of the job. Sure. Uh, and so I threw on... Uh, like Panama and the Netherlands. Well, yeah, why uh, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, and so I'm just I'm watching that, and because there are games happening in all, in Asia. Yeah, like, I think I think Korea that that group's in like Chinese Taipei yeah, or something yeah. like that. That's where that group is playing their games. Right. But anyways, yeah, it dragged a little bit for me. <laughs> and also, I'm trying to figure out. I'm like Jerks and Profar is on the Netherlands. I'm trying to figure. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how everyone's getting to their respective countries. Right. Um. But in terms of the interest level, like, yeah, it's there for me. I I was super pumped when Canada was in Toronto. That was in awesome. 2007, I think it was. Nine, uh, maybe. 2009. It was in that yeah. area, yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And, you know, like, that was really cool yep. to, to see the games played at the Rogers Centre. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, yeah, I'll watch. Yeah. It feels like the world championships for hockey every year right? where it's just like, yeah, I'll watch. And like, I really hope Canada guy's does wearing well. my logo or my, my flag. So I'll yeah. cheer him on, but yeah. it's not best on best really. No. I mean, yeah. And there's so many Canadian MLBers that aren't playing yeah. for Canada. So it's not the true best on best. Like Jordan Romano was originally committed to Italy That's before so he even dropped out. Yeah. And it's just like, well, I get his, I'm not sure. questioning his commitment to Italy, whatever. He's honoring his yeah. heritage. Sure. But it's like the best Canadian players aren't actually there. The best player for Canada isn't Canadian. Right. It's Freddie, Freddie Freeman. Freeman. And yeah. like, shout out Freddie Freeman because he's a- Love it. He's a beauty for doing what he's doing, yeah. honoring his parents the way he is. Yeah. Um, playing for his mom. Yeah, playing for his mom. Yeah. Uh, but there's, he's the best player and he's not even from Canada. <laughs> so it's it's hard to gauge. It's hard to judge. And then you have, they're sending out for their game against the US, who like no one expects them to win. Right. They're sending out- uh, who the hell is sending out? I can't remember now. Is it, I think, is it, is it Philip Omal? That sounds right. He's yeah. like, uh, I and, remember that guy. And it's just kind of like... <laughs> John okay. Axford's kicking around. Yeah, yeah, the Axeman's <laughs> yeah. there. And it's just kind of like, whoever you send out against the States, it's like, well, we're kind of punting on this game. So yes. if you give up three home runs to Mike Trout, like, that's cool. Just like, enjoy that you gave up a home run to Mike Trout. Sure. So it's just like, I don't know. The, when you're just kind of, you don't have the best players, 
you're just kind of punting on everything. It's like, meh. You know what it actually is more like? It's not like the World Championships, because the World Championships I get a little more into, de- depending on the year, I suppose. It's kind of more like whenever they do, or when they did the last iteration of the World Cup of Hockey. Yeah. And they had Team North America and Team Europe. Team Europe. And I was just like, this is, like, what is this? Yeah. This is like an all-star tournament. And right. like, I it, I was not into it whatsoever. And this is coming from a guy who worked for the company that was helping put it on. <laughs> I could not care less about that tournament. Right. And when Canada won gold or whatever the hell it was, this, that weird trophy, eh, it wasn't for me. Now, I will say that I'm probably more into the WBC than that because yeah. you don't have team... Asia versus right. <laughs> versus t- or like whatever team North America under twenty five or right. something. Uh, I'm with you on that. Like yeah. it's that that World Cup thing. Like everybody fell in love with Team North America, and like in a vacuum, it was yeah, it, it was, was it was cool. That enough. was kind of fool. That was kind of fun, and it was yeah. done in that perfect window where it was McDavid and it was Matthews, uh, yeah, and McKinnon, and yep. it like wow, right? Like what a team, yeah. But you're not really a country which is sort of what i thought we yeah, were like, doing what, here what are you representing young people and like oh, yeah <laughs> and even like europe like i don't know miro shatan i believe was the gm and then you just had it's like onze kovatar and zidane ochara yeah and, a, and they ended up going to the finals so i mean good for them i guess but how do you take pride in this thing like are you really playing for your country or are you just yeah, the I, other guys right? it's like you are you are part of the countries that just do not have enough appeal right. to stand on their own right. so we're grouping you together no, is basically true. what they said yeah that's the way i took it as well and so yeah the world Cup or the world baseball classic i am slightly more interested and like i was all in if i don't know if you remember the very first one in 06 where canada beat the usa yeah, and you're like yeah yeah all right i'm in on this thing right and then they still didn't advance to the second round you're like how does that was the biggest mountain we could have possibly yeah. climbed and yeah. still didn't get through oh nine was was uh, the one in toronto again they didn't uh didn't get through so like I, they didn't get through last time either they went on three yeah and that was again with freddie on the team right so, so like it's i don't know man. the most important game if you do want to get into the logistics of it, is the first one against Great Britain because like you gotta have that one. Right. So they're starting their best pitcher, Cal Quantrill. Yeah. Gets the start there. And I understand, right? Like you gotta make sure you beat Britain or nothing else matters. Yeah. But it's like try and put that pitch limit through like six innings somehow. Like you gotta yeah, exactly. squeeze everything you can out of that. <laughs> and then like you said, they're basically gonna f- not forfeit, but whatever to the US game. Yeah, it's just and like then- who, who do we have from Canada, like some twenty-one-year-old senior playing right. Division Three, playing in Edmonton, single <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> like playing for the Vancouver Canadians. It's yeah. like, well, you know, have fun out there, just <laughs> enjoy it, because we're not. I'm not sure this is no. going to mean anything. And then, yeah, you're going to have to take one from either Colombia or Mexico, and then let the plus-minus, all that stuff, yeah. run differentials fall where they may. But mm-hmm. I love the idea. I want it to work, but it just there's something about doing it in spring training that holds everything kind of. You know, like uh, guys are pulling, like even mm-hmm. Vlad for for the Dominican, a slight tweak in the knees, like nope, I'm out, like because guys got to worry about their own teams, and I, in Vlad's case, I'm glad he did. But exactly, Blue Jays fans are a thousand percent happy. A hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. But I, you're, you're e- just like, even with Romano, I think Jays fans would be like, yeah, good. Yeah. No, I don't. Like, stay I don't want any Blue Jays to go. No, I want to watch the tournament, but I don't want any Toronto Blue Jays to be part of it. Yeah, so. like I don't need to watch one of the Blue Jays win this tournament to yeah. justify them being good players. Like when the U.S. won last time and Marcus Stroman had a really good yep. out, outing. MVP or something. Wasn't I he? think he was MVP. Yeah. He pitched in the game or in the deciding game. Yeah. And I wasn't like, yeah, Stroman. <laughs> like, hell yeah, that's a Blue he Jay. Like, legitimized I, the Jays. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. didn't, I didn't no. care. No. And, and now he's pitching for 
either Dominican or Puerto Rico. I can't remember which one now. Yeah, he's, he's honoring a different heritage. Right. Now. And like, again, as long as the rules allow that, good for you, man. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But I, I do think we're going to have to sort that out. Like once you've chosen your, your yeah, heritage, yeah, yeah. you're probably stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> I think <laughs> like, like somebody like, uh, I think Rowdy Telez had the option of going either Mexico or yeah. Israel. Those are his. Those are his two options. Right. And I was like, those are very different options. For sure, they are. Uh, I I think he he's with Mexico. I think. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. But anyways, whatever. I'm gonna watch. Still. Sure. I'm gonna throw it on. Yeah. But I'm not. It's not gonna be appointment viewing for no. me. Your company man. Give it a little bit of time. Right. Give it a little bit. Of- <laughs> that is Canada versus Great Britain, 3 p.m. on Sportsnet <laughs> Sunday. Do how's that. how's the NEPA there? Uh, it's tasty. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite. It's quite nice. Beyond the, the Pale makes some nice stuff. They. Uh, like oh yeah, they're one of their go-to. I just, I just said it's tasty. And it's called tasty. The tasty. So, yeah. Yeah. The tasty I think there's a series. I think tasty is like their limited run series. Like they throw them out as kind of seasonals almost or Flash something. Flash like series. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it is pretty good. Okay. Would you Would you say you open? This was uh, from the Ashton Brewing Company. This is their amber, which is um, it's an amber. Oh okay. It's not particularly noteworthy, but it's fine. Yeah. It's not exciting me, though. You know what I saw you had in the fridge was uh, the Jam Up the Mash from yeah. Collective Arts. I haven't tried it yet. I really like that. And actually, it's uh, my, my my I'm visiting my sister out here and uh, her husband, my brother-in-law. His favorite beer is Jam Up the Mash. And so I went to uh, the Collective Arts in Toronto because they opened up a- Did they? It, yeah, they opened up a bottle shop. Oh, I didn't know that. Like it, like the, it was close to the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. Um, so- Tough timing. Three, three years ago. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and they, they had some new Jam Up the Mash releases there. So I, I picked up a couple for him. Okay. Yeah. So I'm hoping he'll actually, I, I'm hoping he'll give me one when I get there. <laughs> Here you go. Can yeah. I have it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law's favorite beers are whatever Trump recommends to him. So <laughs> we, don't, we don't get along particularly well. Have you, have you tried Bud Light? Right. Exactly. I've heard it's terrific. Yeah. Patriot brand beers or something. I Let's not get into that. No. Can stay away from that today. Yeah. Um, why don't we talk a little about, uh, about the Leafs? Sure. It was an interesting trade deadline. They turned over a third of the roster. And they've been running ever since a lot of 11 and 7. I think part of that is Ryan O'Reilly being injured, which is the most Leaf thing since Doug Gilmore yeah. returned to town. and yeah. One shift. Yeah. Fucking Dave Lowry. Yeah. Damn you, Dave Lowry. <laughs> If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, man, I wasn't one of those people who thought that that much turnover was going to be a problem. But once you start running 11 and 7 and now you have every pairing in the blender because you have an odd number of defensemen and you now have an odd number of forwards, so you're constantly churning your lines, I don't really understand why we're doing that at this point, especially with, as we sit here right now, Luke Shen still out in BC waiting for uh, for his wife to give birth, which is, that's legit. But yeah. to me, that was a reason to do seven defensemen. And now it's like, well, we got to make sure Eric Gustafson gets his minutes. You're like, do we though? I saw, so I don't know if you, Justin Bourne tweeted out uh, Thursday, yesterday while we're recording this. He said, uh, he asked, what's an example of, a guy that a coach absolutely loves that will never give up on him, but the fan base is out on. Hmm. And immediately had a bunch of people reply and say, even though he's only been here for a week, a week and a half, Eric Gustafson. <laughs> people are already saying that he is a Sheldon Keefe guy. 
That is so weird. It's, because it's, to me, he's the opposite of a Sheldon Keefe guy. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. But and you know, I would counter by that by saying I think Justin Hall is a Sheldon yeah. Keefe guy. Alex Kerfoot is a Sheldon Sheldon Keefe, Keefe guy. Because yeah. I mean, Alex Kerfoot's on the first line right now with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I think before the Ron O'Reilly injury happened. The lines were already going into blender because Keith wanted to shut a limp biscuit caught in a blender, but still I surrender. Um, they threw, he wanted nice, to throw man. the lines into the blender because he wanted to experiment different things before the playoffs. Now you could argue both sides and say, oh, that's a good idea. So you want to know who has the most chemistry when you start yes. your most important games of the season. When or, we do O'Reilly on the top six, here's what it looks like yes. when we drop O'Reilly down to be a center or on line three and spread it out. Here's what it looks like. I was fine with that. I knew we were going to see a bit of turnover. But. Yes. The counter to that is it's too late in the season to mm-hmm. be screwing up your your big four, essentially. Yeah. Like, don't screw with their chemistry. Keep everybody where they are. And, like, keep Riley at center on the second line mm-hmm. or put Riley at center on the third line or put Riley on the wing on the second line and let the virus play center. Sure. All the injuries happen, and now it's thrown into even more flux. Yeah. This is where we really find out what the coaching staff for the Maple Leafs is made out of. Can they keep everybody, can they keep the cohesion uh, fluent enough through the end of the regular season so that when they do bring O'Reilly back a second time, Mm -hmm. that it won't totally disrupt whatever flow is currently happening towards the end of the season? Because say what you want. You you want to be rolling into the playoffs feeling like you have some sort of forward momentum yeah. rather than, okay, let's reevaluate. No, no, you don't want to be reevaluating no. when you're starting game one. Because Tampa's going to reevaluate you ex- right out of the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, you're going up against a team who's been in the Stanley Cup final three straight years. Yeah. You so better let's, have your shit together. Yeah, don't start saying like, well, what if we, you know what we should do? Yeah. We should put Alex Steves on the top line. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's see what happens there. Another thing that I think is interesting towards the end of the season, and I think why they may be still doing this 11 thing, is because they're holding out a spot and they're trying to see where uh, Matthew, Matthew Nice might yeah. go. Yeah. Um, which is another interesting point to, is the cohesion going to be thrown off when you bring in a guy super late? Now, I am cheering for uh, the Minnesota the hell they called the Golden Gophers. Gophers, yeah. Yeah, I'm cheering for them to lose immediately. Yeah. So, I mean... Get this guy here. Get this guy over here. (laughs) He doesn't need college success. (laughs) He's one of the best players in college. We understand that. Bring him to Toronto. Yeah. I think that's what everyone wants because the sooner you bring him in, the better, the better he can get acquainted with everybody around him and the better that the staff can evaluate what he looks like playing professional hockey. Yeah. I I was on that train. It makes me nervous a little to think he's going to jump from college to... It's it's playoff hockey. It's tough. It is. But like to me, I wouldn't do the eleven and seven thing. I would I would run my lines that I plan to run and have just Alex Steves holding the Matthew Nye spot so everyone else can placeholder. Yeah. Yeah. The seven D is what's bugging me more than the forwards because I think there's enough like I don't think anyone expects that like if we line up in game one with Sam Lafferty at second line center like we did the that's, other day. Yeah, that's tough. That's going to be a problem. I you understand we're, there's some injuries here right now. Yeah. Uh, it's the D. Like, Gustafson was brought in, essentially, in my opinion, to replace Sandine, where mm-hmm. if Riley gets hurt, 
you need someone who can run the power play and and bring a little offense. Yep. And they looked at Sandine, and he was going to be blocked for the next several years by Riley. He's not going to do the things that McCabe does on the penalty kill or, or be physical or whatever, and, and he wasn't going to play ahead of Giordano. So he was sort of blocked out. So you trade him away, you get a first-round pick back, it's Boston, so it's going to be probably 32nd overall. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you can bring in another guy who's a vet who's used to kind of being in and out a little bit. Like to me, it, it made sense, but I'm not going to keep blocking all these attempts to, to get chemistry set to make sure Eric Gustafson gets his minutes. You're going to be the seventh guy. You're probably only going to play in the playoffs if someone else is injured. Right. Sorry, man. Like this is the role we have for you right now. And to ask everyone else to keep getting their, their minutes mixed is, I don't know. It's going to be very tough. Like you said, yeah. to balance down the stretch, keeping all these guys happy, all these guys getting their minutes. I, I think that's a stretch, man. It feels like Gustafson, and to add to your point, was thrown in in addition to the first round pick. It yes. wasn't Gustafson that's and right. a first. That's it was right. first and Gustafson yes. for Sandine, who, by the way, is playing like 30 minutes a night for the Islanders. What, do you get three, four points in his first game in yeah, Washington too? But also take a look at the Islanders' uh, de- defense depth because it is like horrible. Capitals, yeah. Uh, sorry. The, sorry, the Capitals. Yeah, yeah, pardon, me. Right, yeah. pardon me. It's Ingval who's suddenly playing yeah, top yeah. line minutes for the Islanders. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, somehow they're going to sneak in the playoffs. Of course you know? they will. Yeah, they lose Matt Barzell and they won like six in a row. Yeah. It's like, because that's what the uh, that's what the New York Islanders do. But yeah. yeah, sorry, the Capitals, the Capitals defense corps is like, their depth is horrific. It really so, is. like, no wonder Rasmus Sandin is playing 30 minutes a night. Yeah. Because uh, that team ain't good. No. Uh, it's, it, you know what? I'm, at the very least, with the Toronto Maple Leafs moving forward, like the intrigue is there day to day, because I think that you almost know where this team is going to sit. Yeah, come the playoffs, uh, it's likely going to be the number two seed in the division if they keep faltering. If they falter, number three, but right. you know who they're playing, so you can prepare for the playoffs. But mm-hmm. now, at least you know, there's, I'm looking at this glass half empty or glass half full, I should say. Uh, you know, intrigue every single day. Get right. the chat lines because that's what everyone in Toronto likes to do. Yeah. No, and you're right. It, it keeps them top of mind. Uh, all these new bodies is something new to talk about. I do understand that. But Big time. Coming out of the deadline, I said on here, I absolutely, and it's pretty obvious, I believe the Leafs are different. I'm not convinced they're better. Mm-hmm. When you traded away Sandine, and I was never really an Ingval guy. I certainly understood what he brought, like even on a third line basis, he was good at getting the puck in and whatever, but he vanishes in the playoffs and that's what you're going to have to do. So he's, he's the kind of guy where sometimes you ask the question, what would you say it is you do here? <laughs> and somebody will say, oh, he has great zone en- zone exits. Yep. yep. Great. Zo- like he can really carry the puck out of the zone. I was right. like, good. Very good. Yes. That's exactly what we all need in a hockey player. One thing I will say about Engvall is that he had to have been the biggest, most ripped dude. Yeah. And I I could say this because I, I would when I would go uh in when I go into the locker room sometime for release practices yeah. to uh gather sound, like he walks around and you're like, Oh my god, this man is a professional a wrestler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Vince McMahon is looking at this at pure angle and be like, Look at me, so vascular. <laughs> And then you watch him on the ice. And the one that, you know, you know, as I, I'll, I'll credit my, uh, I'll credit my mom for this. Every time that she watches the Leafs, yeah. one of her favorite things to say is always hit somebody, yeah. hit somebody. <laughs> and never she, and she told me this, never would she yell that more the last few seasons than at Engvall. Yeah. Because he's huge. Yep. He's shredded. Yep. 
he's so strong and he doesn't seem to use any of those physical traits. No, none of them. None of them. Instead, he's exiting the zone quite successfully. Right. And you think, well, <laughs> I don't know if we need that. I don't think, I don't know if the Toronto Maple Leafs are requesting that. Right. At the end of seven games against Tampa, no one's going to, but we've had better zone exits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, did you see the Corsi? Oh, right. Boy, yeah, the Fenwick was and real I, strong. I, like I do, I buy into the analytics stuff. Like, so, do, I, so do I. I yeah, yeah I'm a believer, but you're right. To a certain degree, they needed something else, and and he's a guy who's never succeeded in that playoff environment. And so when I say that I think they have imp- uh, gotten different, but maybe not better, last year they set a franchise record in points and held Tampa as tight as you could. Like, there's no moral victories, right? You lose 2-1, still yeah. in Game 7. Yeah. But, so maybe they didn't need to get better. That, maybe yeah. they needed to be different. I know that sounds weird. You should always want to get better but if you've identified things that you think your team needs more than others but I, I don't know like I, I do think there's a possibility that all of this works but right now it's it's looking a little ugly until everybody kind of finds their spot yeah. right for everybody that is a Toronto Maple Leaf fan they will all say I have seen what's happened mm-hmm. and I will subscribe to the theory that Kyle Dubas has made an attempt to make this team however you want to phrase it different yeah. or better yeah but I gotta wait and see yep there's, it's a, that's all it is. Wait and see. The regular season started in Toronto, and everyone said, "Call me when it's April." Yeah, because the regular season has essentially played out. All like, these people like, still flip out on Twitter every night. Oh, I know, because <laughs> that's the life that's of what we do. Being a Toronto Maple Leaf, fan. right? Uh, it, everyone kind of knew how the season was going to play out. They knew that the team wasn't going to be bad. No, they knew the team was going to be. Good, yeah. successful, yeah. you know, maybe contend for a division at the start of the year. No one knew Boston was going to be this no. good. Uh, this was supposed to be Boston's fall off. Exactly, yeah. Instead for of, like a third street. <laughs> instead, it's their last dance. Somewhere. Yeah, honestly. Uh, and now everyone's just saying, well, it's kind of gone how we thought. We just still have to wait and see. That's yeah. it. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. Are you one of those people who, like in your opinion, is there any chance that the Leafs can lose in game one and Kyle Dubas can keep his job? Yeah. I, I think that. I think that he, I mean, it's hard to just, it's hard to make a definitive statement about this because I don't know what Brendan Shanahan is thinking, but. I'm not convinced it's going to be his decision. That's true. I've heard a lot of people say, but I also, it's it's my understanding that Shanahan recently received a contract extension. Okay. So with that in mind, if Shanahan whether he makes a decision or he's asked to make this decision yep. or to ax somebody <laughs> and says, you have to go fire Kyle Dubas. I don't think that he would want to. Right. Mostly because Dubas has done a lot of work here. Yeah. And he, it seems like he's pushed a lot of the right buttons at the right times, particularly with a lot of these moves at the deadline where, like you said, even if you thought he can argue if I thought that our team was the exact same as last year and last year they could not defeat the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I changed things up a little. Mm-hmm. I traded Pierre Engvall who didn't have a second gear when it came to the playoffs. <laughs> That's right. In a dish for somebody like Sam Lafferty who yep. has been through that before. Yep. <clears throat> so I think having said that, I think Dubas has bought himself another contract. I just, I can't. I can't imagine if they fire him, if they bow out again, who's better? 
Who that, do you that's, know? Yeah, that's is a great an improvement, question. Right? Absolutely. What do you? I mean, what are you gonna do? Like Cl- uh, Cliff Fletcher, Chuck Fletcher was just fired with Philly, and yeah. <coughs> excuse me, sorry, and yeah. he made. He seems like he made a mess of that organization. Yes. Like, what are you doing? Like firing Kyle Lewis, bringing Chuck Fletcher? More of that, please. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I... just like, what, remember what Cliff did in 1992 or right. 1991 when he got Doug Gilmore? Like, maybe Cliff <laughs> will do that for us. Chuck, whatever. And he came back yeah. Yeah, and brought us Jeff Fingers. Yeah, Jeff Finger. Instead who, of Kurt Sauer. Yeah, by all yeah exactly. The story of <laughs> yeah. he didn't even know who it was. Yeah, and that's my issue is there is absolutely, I understand that you only get so many cracks at it and it's a winning business. I I get that. But I I don't know who's out there that's better unless you're getting Julian Breezebois, who's not coming here. He's got he's killing it in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Unless you're getting Joe Sackett, who's killing it in Colorado. It sounds so weird to say because the Leafs haven't gotten out of the first round, but beyond those two, I don't know if there's anyone out there I'm convinced is better. And so you might just have to go oh, like you know, he kind of has to yeah. wear that this is the... No, but he didn't shut down the league, shrink the cap, like all these things that all sound like excuses, but they're yeah. also legit, right? That the cap stopped. If if the cap continued to grow at the pace that it had been growing, the Tavares contract now feels like an $8 million deal instead of an $11 million deal. And you're kind of like, yeah, it's no problem. You just keep... Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a strange dynamic, man. And it's, I, I it's, don't know. It's really weird too. I think one of the things that... Those who would say Dubas does deserve the axe, they will fault him for, would be his choice in head coach. Yeah. With choosing a rookie head coach, rookie in NHL sense. Right. Rookie head coach to run a team full of $11 million yep. superstars. And I think that's fair. <clears throat> it It's certainly a fair criticism. Yep. Is it a correct criticism? Right. I'm not sure. Yeah, because Keith's rocking like... The third best winning percentage yeah, like in the he, league. Is. Exactly. Again, regular season success. Yeah. Sheldon Keefe has proved that he certainly has it. Yeah. It's again, it's the playoff success. The other thing that should be, you know, we should note here, if they go down in flames in the first round because the goaltending's terrible, yeah. it's legit. To yeah. go, you decided to hang your last year on Matt Murray. Like that Matt was Murray a thing. And now Samsonov's been better this year than I expected. Mm-hmm. Murray's been basically what I expected when he's in the net, he's fine and he's not in the net very often. And that's kind of Matt Murray. If the goaltending is what costs them, he wears that. Big time. These are his choices. Yep. And so we'll see. It's since Freddie, it's uh it's it's been an it's been an interesting ride. Yeah. Freddie Anderson being Freddie. He is vindicated on his Jack Campbell decision, it would appear Absolutely. at this moment. He, Jack Campbell is the backup goaltender. Yeah. He's a five million dollar backup, five and a half million dollar backup four goaltender. Four more years after this. For four one more years. Go. Now I think that Edmonton would say, like, oh, we only have seven million dollars tied up in goaltending over the next two years or whatever it is. Yeah. Four years because Stuart Skinner is yep. making like a million and a half or something. Um so there's that argument. But sure. Yeah, Jack, poor Jack, because obviously he's such a nice guy. Everybody loves Jack. Yeah, but poor Jack. Less in Edmonton right now, it seems. Much I mean. less in Edmonton. <laughs> but uh, the rest of us want to see only good things for Jack. I know, yeah. I, I wish nothing but success for Jack Campbell, because he is a very nice guy. You know who's a hilarious guy? Mm. Is Ilya Samsonov. Yeah. He's he's a unique cat. He gives, every time that I'm, he, so. He, we win and have smiles. Like, every, all right. <laughs> when, when I go to Leafs practice, uh. Sheldon Keefe will come out at the after do scrums with all the players sure. like in the locker room, and he'll come out at one <clears throat> at one end of the at one end of the room, and Samsonov is 
always the last guy in there. And he's the closest to us at the very end, right next to the door where all the players go through to like get their meals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he is there for like half an hour after everyone has left. And just like, if somebody walks by, he goes, Hey, where did you get, uh, where do you get your shoes? <laughs> and whoever's there is just like, uh, I don't know, like winners. He's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> somebody, this winners? <laughs> somebody else walks by. Or no, he was he was chatting with Matt Murray for like 25 minutes. They were chatting about like, I think they were chatting about saunas. And Samsonov was trying to tell him about Russian saunas and how great they are and how where how he wants to get a sauna where he is or go to or find a good Russian sauna. I was listening to part of the conversation. I was like, this is a weird conversation yeah. to have right here with a bunch of media <laughs> just standing so close to you. Well, I guess to those guys, it's just a day at the office, right? And absolutely. Shoot, absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Samsonov, he's, he's gives a very Ilya Brzgalov vibe. I was just going to say, man. All that's that, what he does, yeah. Why you have to be mad? Yeah. yeah. It's only a game. <laughs> yeah. He gives very much that vibe. Yeah. He's, he's a funny guy. And I... He's played well. Like he's, he's when he's off, he's way off, but he's been on way more than that. So, agreed. Yeah. 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 He's certainly he's been steady enough for this That's team. Right. Yeah. Um I wanted to uh just get your opinion on someone as someone who works for the uh, national rights holder here. And I I I understand. I think I understand. You are not the one making these $5 billion decisions for sports. Uh, no, that, was, sports that was me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I said, do it. Pull yeah. the trigger. Yeah. This is a good deal. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. now you're working until three in the morning. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they reward me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a week or so ago, Michael Kay, who, for people who aren't familiar, the voice of the New York Yankees on the Yes Network. There it goes. See ya. That guy. He was on first take with Stephen A. Smith. Are you, I know, I, I don't even know if we get that show here in Canada. Yeah, it's on TSN. Okay. Yep. I'm uh, not a fan. It's just a guy who yells a lot. And yeah, it's not, it's not for me. Okay. So Michael Kay is on uh, First Take with Stephen A. Smith. And you probably already know where this is going. Yeah. You've probably seen the clip. But yep. for, the, for the good listener, I want to play the audio here of, uh, of some, uh, some talk on the Stephen A. Smith so, uh, show. God damn it. I like it. Nailed it. Yeah. I'm good at this. I swear. <laughs> a thousand episodes. One of these days I'm going to get good at this. Um, on first take with Stephen A. Smith, Michael Kay is on and he has asked the following. I have a good one. I think it's an interesting one. Which team in New York do you think wins a championship next? <clears throat> Rangers. Oh, Lord. Come on, Patrick Kane is able. They don't count. They don't count. They don't count. They don't count. Only thing I know about hockey hockey is is that the the puck is black. And I love Gary Bettman. That's my buddy who I always trip to the hockey Right. It is no no disrespect to the Rangers and to Patrick Kane, of course, but just just for Steve. Football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. Um, That show is on ESPN, (laughs) who is the national rights holder, one of two in the United States. Uh, for the National Hockey League. And for the longest time, ESPN didn't give any attention to the NHL. And the NHL, we should note, is a distant fourth or fifth in the United States. Yeah. So it wasn't crazy that ESPN didn't give them a ton of attention, but that's why it was so important for the NHL to get back on ESPN, was so ESPN would care about you. And here is one of their most prominent personalities on one of their biggest shows going, ah, doesn't doesn't count. Doesn't even matter. Now, just before I let you weigh in on this, there was another clip not too long afterwards because the NHL fan base roasted um, this clip and these people in the replies. Yep. So a little while later, Stephen A. Smith comes out with this. 
<laughs> go Rangers. Go Rangers. <laughs> Not go New York. Go New York. Go with the Knicks. I'm talking about the Rangers. I know you got something going on with Patrick Kane tonight, okay? Will you calm down? I was having a good time, having fun. Gary Bettman is my friend, okay? <laughs> Relax, y'all. Relax. <laughs> I understand the Rangers are all that. But they got a championship since 1994. It's them damn Knicks that haven't won since 1973. I'm sure you can understand why I'm aching a little bit more for the Knicks than the Rangers. Okay? Mark Messier erased that 40-year-old curse, all right? 50 years. Bottom line is 50. this. The Rangers have a championship more recently than my New York Knicks. But I root for all things New York. And that includes the Rangers. So guess what, Rangers fans? Calm down. And let's do that hockey. Let's do that hockey. Um... I hadn't heard that one. That's funny. Okay. <clears throat> Clearly a little damage control. I don't know if someone had told him, hey, like, that's a partner or just he got tired of his Twitter mentions being. Now, Stephen A. Smith is used to his Twitter mentions being lit up. That's the point of Stephen A. Smith. Of course. Look, you're you're running around there at a, working for the, the national rights holder here in Canada where we have hockey as number one and nothing ahead of it. But I've heard n many of your colleagues say, yeah, they, they don't really censor me, right? They don't ask me to, yeah. to talk up the Blue Jays if, if, if things aren't going great. They don't ask me to take it easy on the NHL. Fans naturally have some skepticism, right? That sure. yeah, if there's a partnership, you're going to... Yeah, which is fair. Sure. Do you think this was an occasion where Gary or someone at the NHL would have picked up the phone and called ESPN and said, come on, like, what are we doing here? Because Michael K did say, and I don't have the audio from that, on his radio show the next day, he understood that the NHL was red hot after that particular clip. I, I have a few thoughts on okay. this. Yeah. <clears throat> First of all, anyone who has traditionally tuned in to First Take in its traditional format as a television show, knows that Stephen A. Smith is going to talk three sports, essentially. Yep. Football, basketball, baseball. Mm -hmm. You're not tuning in for hockey talk That's ever true. with Stephen A. Smith. Second, Stephen A. Smith's paid approximately $10 million. I think something like that. Like he is... Be like the fourth highest paid player in the NHL. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, nobody is really telling him what to do. He made that money by being who he is. And so no one's going to tell him, you, hey, because we now have the NHL rights, you have to talk about the NHL. Right. I don't think he's doing that. Third of all, me being an NHL fan, me being a hockey fan, me understanding that, yeah, I got my Rob Lowe hat on with <laughs> NHL on it. Uh, <laughs> I, I am acutely aware of our fan base having a bit of an inferiority complex yeah, when yeah. it comes to how our sport is perceived by those outside of it. When they, when hockey fans heard Stephen A. Smith say, I don't care about that. I think that everyone took it way too personally. Hmm. It's Stephen A. Smith. It's one guy on first take. I don't think that he represents ESPN because you know what represents ESPN? The hundreds of millions of dollars that they paid to have the NHL That's on right. their network. Yeah. They pay to have dedicated shows now on their network that are only for NHL content. Mm -hmm. I think that everyone blew this out of proportion. Okay. It's Stephen A. Smith. He doesn't 
what do I want to hear him say about the New York Rangers if he doesn't know anything? Right. Do you want me? Do you want him to weigh in on what the second power play unit's going to look like now? It's like, oh, with Patrick Kane on the first power play unit, that means like Mika Zibanejad is going to move down to the second unit. <laughs> but to be fair, like this is a, a question where they asked Michael Kay, who's another huge New York personality, and I have a follow up on that. Too. Okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm Par- cutting you off. Here. Pardon me. Sorry. Yeah, no, by all means. There's something to be said about the production quality of the show. Not quality, I should say, the production elements mm-hmm. for a show like that. Generally, you're having a pre-show meeting about what you're going to talk about. Here's a question four. We're going to ask Michael, uh, you know, what New York team do you think is going to win next? Right. I don't know if somebody didn't clarify that you have to pick one of the three sports. You have to pick the net, the Jets, the and, Giants, yeah, yada, yada, yeah. yada. And he just, nobody, he didn't know not to say hockey. And so he said hockey. So maybe that's also on the producers, the chase producers, the directors for not telling Michael K, hey, don't pick hockey. pick hockey because we're going to shit all over it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's that's part of the equation. But too. to hear them say on air, yeah, uh, that doesn't count. Well, that would get under your skin if you're a partner like the NHL. I, right? can, uh, I, can, I can understand that. And like the fans, you're right. Fans are crazy. If, uh, but your league would be pissed, I'm sure. Coming from a partner's point of view, yeah. I can I can understand it ruffling a few feathers, but at the end of the day, like, you know what? I go back and forth on this because I don't want to cast my feelings on how the NHL feels. I no. don't want to think that I know how someone like Gary Bettman or his tropes would feel if they heard somebody on ESPN saying that no one cares about hockey. But if it's me. No one's watching Stephen A. Smith for hockey takes. Right. But it makes its way out onto Twitter, and Twitter is more than just <laughs> hockey. It's an entire universe. So you're hearing a ton of different voices unhinged come in. Universe. and wait, Yeah, yes. it's super unhinged. <laughs> so at that point, when you see people saying like, oh, I think maybe it becomes a problem when you, you hear Stephen A. Smith say it, and then you hear other people echo that and be like, yeah, hockey doesn't matter. That's when you start getting upset. He's like, well, fuck, we're paying you so much money to- t- yeah. to t- to say our sport matters. Right. And now you have one of your most prominent personalities saying it doesn't. And then people echo that. I think when people jump on, that's when it hurts. From I, a from a macro point, yeah. I don't think it matters what Stephen A. Smith said. It doesn't change my opinion of the sport. Right. Are they it does it affect like a casual viewer? Is is some casual viewer sitting down to watch first take and being like, you know, I've been thinking about getting into hockey lately. And then Stephen A. Smith says, like, I don't care about hockey. You're like, damn right, Stephen A. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) I'm not watching now. Uh, And does Stephen A. Smith understand it? And I guess he doesn't. Please stop saying Gary Bettman is my friend. <laughs> if that's supposed to help you ingratiate yourself listen, with hockey. Listen, fans. this can help us transition to the wrestling talk yeah. later, but that is a great heel move. Yeah, honestly, that's a fantastic man, really heel move. Was. That's like saying, that's like was, I, going, that's like saying like Hulk Hogan is my best friend right, right now. And yeah. everyone's like, mm, oh, cool. <laughs> makes me uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, and it, it's one of those things that I, I don't know what the equivalent would be up here on on TSN, and it would have to be because Sportsnet isn't a partner, but, like, who's going to be the next Toronto team to win? The Argos. Ah, no, fuck the Argos. Yeah, yeah, that I didn't mean the Argos. Right, it, but it comes off that way a little, right? And and so now that's your partner. And there was, uh, I believe it was the owner of the, the Ticats just uh, today as we're sitting here recording this, was tweeting out that on Friday after a billionaire Quebecer bought the Alouettes, that didn't make Sports Center until the 23-minute mark. It was behind the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL. He's like, that's our partner. You can't put that first. A, a franchise was purchased. And you know, it's an interesting debate. I'm like, going to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. 
Well, I was completely unaware. All right. So that that speaks volumes of the coverage that the CFO gets in this country. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, on sports, not even more. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I will, one, I will, one one network has a vested interest and one doesn't. Right. That's sort of the way this works. That's very true. But yeah. I will I will say I'm not a huge CFL fan. I support the league. Right. I like going to Argos games sure. because it's a good time. Yeah. Um. I certainly don't follow it very closely. Um. I'll, I'll throw it on every now and again when it's when it's sure. on. Um. But there are very dedicated. There are people who very much love the CFL at sports. hundred percent, man. Uh, I've had Tim McAuliffe on a couple times. Timmy loves Tim. Timmy Tim, knows more about Canadian football oh, than almost anybody man. I've ever spoken to. Like. Fact, and so like I was on Tim and Friends uh, this past week. Yeah. And in any of, in every day we have uh, a meeting anytime you're on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're on like on TV or behind the scenes. Like everybody, it's like a 15 person meeting and they talk about what's going to happen on the show that day. Tim loves the CFL, yeah. wants to make sure it gets coverage every single week. That's why he brings on Dunk. Yeah. Uh, Justin Dunk. Uh, and then other people who love the CFL, uh, Arash McGarash, like yeah. loves the CFL. And like, those are people in prominent positions at Sportsnet. 100%. So like, they're going to make sure that the CFL gets covered. Yep. Brunt was always a Brunt, CFL Brunt guy. Brunt was a big CFL yeah. guy too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I'm not sure there are a ton of people at Sportsnet who love it. Well, and that's... That's a CFL issue as much as anything else, and, and we can cover that another day. Yeah, perhaps. you know, you know what's funny is I don't know, I don't know like what your your parents or aunts and uncles, whatever people older than us, think about the CFL. But like my dad loves the CFL, yeah? swears by the CFL. My wife's dad loves the CFL, swears by the CFL. It's I feel like it's a very generational thing. That's the problem they've had is they have not attracted right? young fans. They haven't been able to track young fans and yep. like whatever. This is that's, we go on such a rabbit hole here. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's how the show works half the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you could just say, uh, like, player turnover doesn't help or, like, unf- which lends to unfamiliarity with rosters. Yep. Um, that the, guy's wearing a shirt I recognize, but I don't know who he is. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, the coverage it receives. It, and, hey, you know what's funny is it's my wife's father's birthday, uh, like, this next weekend. Okay. I was going to say this weekend. Oh, shit, I got to go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and oh, one of trouble. one of our best friends, she works for MLSE, and we were looking for some sort of Argos merchandise yeah. to get my father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find anything in a store in the city of Toronto. Couldn't find anything like near us, around us. Like, I think we went on like websites and it's like, oh, Canadian Tire has stuff. And it's like, uh, Canadian Tire, like... Uh, 15 kilometers from you has one Argos sweatshirt right. available and it's like and it's a 14 XL and you're like oh <laughs> perfect so anyways we I we texted uh, one of my best friends who and she works for MLSE and we said hey do you have any like Argos merchandise like laying around and she's like oh yeah uh, probably let me let me look anyway she sends us a package with an McLeod Bethel Thompson jersey that's autographed nice I was like that's pretty sweet yeah uh, this Pretty dope oh, looking. Uh, I, I realize that. Yeah. Um, a pretty, a pretty dope looking Argos crew neck. Okay. Uh, championship hat. All right. Uh, and another Argos hat. And I was just like, this was just laying around yeah, at MLSC. Yeah. yeah. Just to just say, yeah, yeah. Who, who wants it? Give it to them. Yeah. Give it to them. <laughs> I was like, it was easier for me to ask an employee of MLSC to give me something than it was to go buy something. Right. From the Argos. I tried to give you money. Right? Yes. <laughs> and like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been trying to, and I don't know the ticketing process for the CFL. Like I wanted to do like a flex pack of sorts. Sure. I can't buy that yet. I don't know if it exists for the Argos. <laughs> All I've ever done is just buy like tickets like day of essentially. 
Yeah. Um, and I couldn't find like a just I want to get them like tickets to three games or something like sure. that. And I couldn't do it. Also, single games aren't on sale yet. No, it, it's I grew up in the GTA and I loved the Argos and watching games at the Dome just sucked. Like it just oh, sucked. it was terrible, wasn't and it? And I was yeah. so sure that getting to BMO it wouldn't turn it into this like citywide sensation like the Leafs yeah. or whatever. But I was sure it would help. And for some, it just. What you're saying about not being able to find merch and not not finding them in the paper, not what like and that stuff was, matters. Like, it has funny. to happen. And so when I moved up here, the Red Blacks relaunched in I think 2014, and I'm like, I would never be able to switch from a Leaf fan to a Sens fan. Yeah. But I was just like, the the Argos have made this too hard for me, and now I'm living here, and this is relaunching from scratch. I'm going to get in on the Red Blacks from the beginning. Sure. Yeah. It's and not, it's not bandwagon. It was a little bandwagon. But, well, but, you're, uh, but, but, I, but you're not like, oh, I'm a f- like whatever in the right. early 2000s. You're like, I'm a fan of the 49ers. Right. And it's just like, okay, exactly. and then all of a sudden, like, okay, I'm a fan of the Patriots now. <laughs> and so it was fun to watch. Like the first season, they only won two games, but you knew that going in. It's an expansion team. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. And then they get lucky. They go to the Grey Cup the next year. They lose it, but within three years, they've won a championship. And going to a Red Blacks game up here compared to going to an Argo game is night and day. The environment they've created at the at TD Place, they've got this, they've renovated everything. You're spending a Friday night sunsetting over the the, the uh, Ottawa River. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, sounds quite nice. And it is. And and they've they've got events every week and, and theme nights and all this stuff. And it just never felt like that way going to an Argo game. And I blame that on the Argos. And then they get bought up by MLSE. They get moved into BMO. And you're like, I think this can work. And MLSE still just treats it like the ugly stepchild and they have, like the Marlies yeah. and TFC are up on the building, but the Argos logo isn't like yeah. all these little things that are just like, man, the disrespect is, I, you is know, strong. You're, and you're right. Um, I feel as though, and I don't have evidence to back this up. I feel as though the Argos are the absolute last priority for yeah. MLSE yeah. in terms of the sports franchises. I agree, man. Um what I would love to see them do with the Argos is lean way more into the game presentation, free game presentation in particular. Yeah. You got to tailgate. You got to mm-hmm. have music in the parking lots before the game. Like you got to have like. like uh, make it a scene. Make it a reason to go there. It's like, got to be like an American style tailgate. Yeah. Like I want to have fun when I go there. Like yeah. I'm not going there being like, oh, I can't wait to see the right tackle for the Argos. <laughs> like that. I couldn't name more than three Argos, probably. <laughs> uh, I knew McLeod Bethel Thompson this year. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. See, I can't even name Pinball. <laughs> yeah. Is Pinball still there? Is, is uh, Noel Prefontaine is yeah. he still there? <laughs> That's the problem, who's, man. Those names is, have to get out there. But the, you have Brandon to Banks. Brandon Banks. I was, Banks trying, is, I was trying to think of the former Ty Cat. Yeah. Brandon Banks. Uh, there was somebody else. That I they had brought in a couple of older guys. Andrew Harris, and, was he Andrew there? Andrew Harris yeah, coming yeah. over from Winnipeg. Okay, yeah. It was a big deal. and. And they took a hell of a run. Like they, but those names were not prominent. Or no, like they, they weren't. Yeah. And especially like somebody like Banks, who feels like he's, I don't know, kind of is CFL legend. Is that too much? No, it feels like he's been around right. for so he has, long, for sure. Yes, and like he made such a name in Hamilton that I knew him when he came over, yeah. and there was no, there was nothing for him no. when he came. Anyways, that's the CFL chatter. Yeah, no, it's true. That's about what I can. That I would. Le- that's about what I can contribute. I would love to see the Argos do more for their game presentation. Yeah. Because there was a few things, I remember last, two years ago, I don't know, a while ago, 
they had Doug Flutie night where they had like a Doug Flutie ball. Right, yeah. And my favorite football player of all time is Doug Flutie. Of course. Uh, he was he was the reason that I became a Chargers fan. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an L.A. Charger fan because when he – I'll give you the backstory. Yeah. So my old man, huge Argo fan, Flutie comes to the Argos, wins back-to-back Grey Cups, and I was convinced with that. I was like, this is the greatest player of all time. Call, obviously. Um, this is before I knew anything about like the Hail Mary at Boston College or anything <laughs> like that. He goes down to Buffalo, does really well with the Bills. Mm-hmm. They go to the game in Tennessee in 99, and they start Rob Johnson over Flutie. And I was out. I was so fickle. I was 11 years old. I was so fickle at the time. I was like, no, how could they do this to Doug? He goes to the Chargers, and I stick with the Chargers from there. Um, oh, so anyways, a few years ago. That's rough, man. Uh, yeah. Until been, recently, anyway, I guess. Well, it continues to be a little rough. Yeah, a little rough. So we go to the game where they're honoring Flutie, and they give away, like, a little bobblehead. Sure. Uh, and they're doing the thing where, like, they have $5 beers uh, at this one section. Uh, go stand wherever you want. Uh, the players like run through the concourse from their locker room to get to the field. And you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more they could do, but I, f- I feel like people still don't know. Right. That, like, yeah, you got to get it's, them there. It's an atmosphere yeah, and, yeah. and they can create even more of an atmosphere there because it is a good time. Right. Whatever. I like football and I like any kind of football. Sure. I love live sporting events. Yeah. I will go to it. Uh, tickets for like the bleeds are like 20 bucks, but then you can go stand in the end zones right. too. Yep. And like, that's great. I would go do that. It's kind of like where you go to a Blue Jay game uh, nowadays and you buy a ticket up in the bleeds for 15, 20 bucks. And then you go down to the West Jet flight, flight deck, deck in the 200s. Yeah. Do something like that. Get me in the building yeah. with cheap tickets, promise of like dollar hot dogs like the Jays are doing <laughs> and particularly pregame atmosphere. Yeah. Let me come and as the children like to say, pre-drink. Yeah, get excited. The, yeah, I want to get fired up at an Argo game. I do. 100%, man, 100%. Um, we got some wrestling to talk about. Let's take a break here, grab a new pint. So we got a little wrestling to get into. We got a bunch of things we can talk about, but uh, before we do... Yeah, hang on a sec. This guy go. picks, he's a quick learner. There we like go. that. What'd you go with this time, man? Uh, what did I go with? What did I go with? <laughs> Your fridge is quite full. It is. Uh, Franco... Oh, Castle? Yeah, from the Castle Brewing Company in Castleman. <clears throat> okay. It is an artisanal lager. There you go. Uh, yeah. A little taste test here. All right. Uh, I am back to the Wellington Brewing Company. This is their Russian Imperial Stout. 8% they're saying. So <clears throat> we'll see how that's going to shake loose. Eight. Golly. Mine's yeah. four and a half. It's, yeah. pre- it's pretty tasty. It's well, pretty, one, uh, of, one of us is driving, one isn't. So <laughs> that's, that's true, yeah. That's how this shakes loose, right? Uh, yeah, it's pretty tasty. It's pretty smooth. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. There is truly nothing better than this. There's nothing. No, there's no sound better than a especially. Oh. Yeah, it's it's time to. Do <clears throat> you ever you ever go through the uh, it's like favorite beers to have, and at the and in that not being the type of beer, but the situational beer. Oh okay. Where it's like yard work beer, right? Fantastic airport beer. Mm-hmm. Tough to beat an airport beer. Yeah. Uh, first beer like when you arrive at your vacation yeah, setting. Yeah. Yeah. Tough to beat one of those beers. Right. Uh, first okay. beer when you get home beer, yep. shower beer. Shower, shower beer is really course. good too. Haven't done the shower beer as much since like college mainly. Like that was. I don't need to drink beers in the shower. No. Yeah. There was a time though where you're like, oh shit, like you're just getting home. Everyone's getting ready to go out. You're like, I'll just take this one with yeah, me. Let me. Yeah. Let me slam a few of these in the shower. <laughs> That's how this just works. Just me? All right. Yeah. yeah. Not- All right, guys. Um, 
Yeah, interesting. Eh? Yeah, first one when you arrive, like you said, I was going to, you said at the, you know, at your vacation or whatever, when I arrive at the, the family cottage. Oh, uh, co- yeah, first grab, cottage beer. Yeah, immediately just grab it, head out to the lake or whatever. Sit, Usually, on, sit on the dock. Fantastic. Yeah, Tough to beat. Yeah, 100%, man. Anyways, wrestling. Uh, I will just quickly first remind the good listener, if you want to scroll up, scroll down, whatever it looks like on your, uh, scroll. your podcast app. Do a, do a scroll. Yeah. Uh, Claire Hanna was here a week or so ago from TSN. A lot of fun to talk to her and Kyle Bukoskis from Hockey Night in Canada. Cool. Uh, both big craft beer people, obviously big, both, uh, both big sports people. So check those out either at talkandaudio.com or on your podcast app. Lots going on around here. Check it out. Make sure you're subscribed moving forward. Bukoskis, best hair at Sportsnet. I heard. And actually we opened up the show with uh, the Charles Barkley quote and uh, <laughs> he looked like the good. Canadian Tom Brady, I believe. <laughs> that that so, is what he said, yeah. Yeah. Bukoskis is a really nice guy. He came off as an awesome guy. Yeah, came in, had a little uh, craft beer and uh, actually when we left the fridge open for him and he chose something from Nita who's been longtime friends of our show. Nice. Sponsored and nice. So it didn't, did us no harm, right, to, to be shouting out a partner you know, Buka- uh, unprompted. Bukoskis, yeah, of course, the guy the guy goes, he, he knows how to play. He's an game. old pro, yeah. yeah. When he first came over, he came over from, uh, he lived in BC. And yeah, He yeah. came over from uh, Calgary is where he came from Sportsnet, I think. Maybe he told you, I don't know. Uh, he, he had moved around a bit. He did some work in Montreal too, and then they, yeah, added him. So to. I think that they flew him in from, they flew him in from somewhere, and- he did his audition and like, it was really good, but they didn't put him on like a game broadcast right away. Instead, hmm. they had him on, uh, where I was working in the highlight zone. Okay. And basically he would come in and just voice highlight packs. Right. And you're like, this guy with this voice, like, oh my God, he's good at this. Smooth talker. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. so smooth. So easily, he so easily delivers everything. Right. Yes. And it seems very simplistic to him when he could be doing something that is very difficult. <laughs> and he's just, he's so good at what he does. I'm just, I'm so jealous that he's so naturally good at being, seeing, com- being so conversational <laughs> yep. on air. I'm just like, fuck, he's good at this. God, I wish I was Yeah, they just drop him in front of whatever. There's never an um or an awe. He no. delivers his question word for word. And he's, yeah. and he's always so, I, I've never worked with him on a broadcast, but. He's always, from everybody I've talked to too, he's always so willing to do whatever you ask of him. Right. Um, I think it was last year, last year during the Avs Cup playoff run when they were like, hey, like you must like Blink-182, you're young. <laughs> and, and like, I don't know if he does. No, but. He might be too young. They did the thing where, you know, the Avs are doing the all the small things. Right. And the camera cuts to him in the crowd and during the, all the small things, he's like bobbing his head and nodding around. I was like, what a, I was like, what a beauty for just yeah. like, he, like, Play hey, along. yeah, like, Hey, we're going to cut to you in the crowd. And he's like, okay, sure. <laughs> Bukaskas, great guy. Always been very generous with his time and just anytime you want to shoot the shit with him, it's great. He was a great guest here as well. So, uh, people can go back, check that out. Wherever you're hearing us right now, it's just down a couple, uh, and check that out. Um, it's WrestleMania season. Damn right. We are uh, on the road too. We just finished up, uh, what was a week or two ago, the big Sami Zayn fest coming through Montreal and Ottawa. Um, Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that was... It was a scene. It was a scene. And the crowd, as Montreal crowds tend to be for their own, yeah, it was as hot as anything they've done in a while. I wondered... What they would do coming out of it, like, could you depend on Sammy being as over in Des Moines, Iowa for yeah. a random raw as he was yeah. in Montreal? 
what have you made of that storyline? Obviously, they have now shifted attention to to Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes and, and Roman for the title. Yep. The talk was always that Sammy would then shift into a tag title thing. Do you, do you still think that's where we're going at this point? And, and what have you made of, of the rise of Sammy Zayn? I will say that I commend WWE for sticking with the plan yeah. and going with Cody. I And that is no fault to WWE. No. Cody Rhodes is... They have been the, very careful, though, not to... They've been careful and smart about it yeah, at the same time. Yeah, don't turn him heel by having him step on... Like, they've showed them kind of getting along and wishing each other luck. And, like, they're, what, they are worried about that a little. Agreed. Yeah. Before we kind of preview yeah. what's to come at Mania, yeah. I like, I loved the play. It was a week or two before the Rumble where they had Cody and Sammy do a face-to-face. Yep. When, in recent memory, can you remember of... WWE always likes to, when the crowd is getting behind something, they try and push it to the side. Yeah. Daniel Bryan, the perfect example. Yeah. You will cheer for what we tell you to cheer for. Exactly. <laughs> in this instance, they put the hottest babyface in the company, in Sammy, yeah. against, I think, the most overall top babyface yeah. in the business right now, in Cody. The guy, yep. And instead of keeping them separate and never mentioning them together, no. they put them face-to-face and let them cut a promo together, and it worked out so well. It really did. It was. It came v- off great. It was fantastic. Yeah. They go into the match at Chamber. You know, it was the match was good. Yeah. The match was, I, the match was very good. Did it ever hook you? Did you ever go, they might do this? I don't think I believed. No. I don't think I believed that they would do it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to so bad. I wanted them to too, but I, you know, I think that's from, and I don't think that WWE is wrong for not. I don't either for not doing it, even though how badly of WrestleMania from your story we're trying to tell. There's yeah, regardless of how many people wanted it so badly, even if it's regionalized, yep, in terms of the Northeast Canada mostly, um, they stuck with their plan, and that's fine. I get it. 100% because we've criticized them for the opposite in the past. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I will commend them again for the pivot that they've done with Sammy in terms of how they've made his next storyline matter so much. And that is him against the Usos, yeah. particularly Jey Uso. 100%. This past Monday on Raw. Uh, I haven't seen, I don't know anything that happened on SmackDown because that happened, uh, what day is it? Saturday. It's- so, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Friday Night Smackdown on Sportsnet 360. I didn't, <laughs> I don't know anything that happened. Um, but Monday night on Raw, the end of Raw where they had Jay super kick Sammy. Yeah. It was fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. It was great though. Like it was incredible storylining. Mm-hmm. It helped set up the next storyline. Um, they've done so well with involving KO Kevin Owens just a little bit here and there to try and sway Sammy Way. Now he can always say, I, I was right the whole time yep. because I knew that they would turn on you. Yep. Uh, and now Sammy's going to have to try and convince KO to join him for a tag title match at Mania against the Usos. And right. like that makes so much sense. Of course. Would I have loved Sammy to be in like a triple threat match for the Undisputed Championship at WrestleMania? Yes. Yeah. Of course I would. I would right. love Sammy to do that. And I would love Sammy to win that championship. Sure. It'd be super dope does it make more sense to have a one-on-one match cody and roman reigns the two biggest stars in pro wrestling right now arguably i don't know you could throw in hang uh moxley omega mjf yada yada whatever yeah for argument's sake it's cody it's roman 
everything that they've done, that w- they being WWE pronouns, pal, <laughs> everything that they've done makes sense. And yeah. I can get behind and I like it, particularly with those two programs. There's a lot around the edges in WWE that I'm not super, fan, not super fond of, but everything that they've done with Sammy, with Cody, with Roman, I like it, I get it, and I subscribe to everything. Yeah, I think I'm with you. And I, I did get hooked. There was, as I was watching the match, which was brilliant. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Sammy versus Roman match. Yeah. So I was watching it, my for whatever reason, and they told a great story, but my belief faded. But it was more the night before on SmackDown when the crowd's giving them the the, the Olays and the, the whatever, and they play that perfectly, just let the crowd build him and build him and build him. And mm-hmm. they got me. Like, yeah. they might do this. I'm, they I'm with you. might do this. I'm with you. And it made it made sense, too, just based on the fact that, like, maybe somebody in WWE, the powers that be, Triple H, saw the groundswell, yeah. saw the fact that this crowd was so hot it's for Sammy. in his hometown. In his hometown. You, you will create a moment that will live on exactly. forever, yes. right? And think of, you, you also think, anytime you think WWE, you think of, like, what they're going to run in video packages. Yes, exactly. The video package that would accompany Sammy winning that championship right. in his hometown would be akin to Daniel Bryan winning That's WrestleMania exactly 30. It. That's exactly it. And, and so as I'm going through it and I'm watching the match on the Saturday night, there was nothing wrong with the match, but it, it my belief sort of faded. Like, okay, I can see what they're doing here, how they're building this. And Roman's been champ for whatever, three years now, basically. Over, over 800 days. Right. Yeah. They got to get to the finish line with yeah. him. It just sort of dawned on me. And, <clears throat> Agreed. And, and that'll be with Cody, and that's going to be awesome too, but they're not going to pull the trigger here. But Agreed. Man, it, it's been so long. It's been so long since I cared that much. Maybe since Daniel Bryan in 2014. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we can kind of tie this in together. Last summer, we saw Vince McMahon step away, and we don't have to get into all the reason. We did, actually, last summer when you were on. We talked about it all then. That's right. And ever since, Triple H has been running the show creatively. And I wonder if there's things that you've watched since. Is this us putting our you know, finally a new page, like we're we're doing something different. Are we looking at this through, you know, shinier, happier, rose-colored glasses? Mm -hmm. Or is there things that you're seeing that you go, that would never have happened before, the way they're telling stories now. This is clearly a new direction. I would say say yes and no. I think there are examples of both. Uh, The example I would say yes was I I mentioned putting Cody and Sammy in the same ring together and not keeping them separate. I think that before... They wouldn't even come close. They wouldn't have been mentioned in the same breath because you didn't want the crowd being, re- being reminded that yeah. Sami Zayn exists. Right. Like, no, no, no. He's over here. Cody's over this way. Keep them totally separate. Yeah. We uh, want guys cheering for the guy we want to cheer. And if we put this other guy in there with them, they might boo our guy. And no, they just put them right in front of each other. It's and, much less being forced down your throat yeah. at that point. And it's also giving trusting Cody that he will be able to sway the crowd. Yep. And he he can he with can. with his promo ability. That's right. He certainly can. Um there are other times I I look and I'm just like Ugh. it's you know in my own living room I'm ch- I'm starting like the same old shit, same old shit. <laughs> like I'm starting that chant. Sure. Um I I don't know. Like on Raw Monday I found myself like fast forwarding through a bunch. They had like some just what felt like a meaningless several matches and I was like, "Oh, whatever." And Right. You know, it was weird. I remember one part that was weird. Um, 
the John Cena Austin Theory had a yeah. s- square off and Cena like eviscerated Theory yeah, with his promo ability. Apart, yeah. Oh my god, he ripped him apart. <laughs> And it's like, oh, like Austin Theory is supposed to be someone? Like, Sean <laughs> Cena just said no. Yeah. Um, Don't need to watch that match. At the end of it, John's Cena's leaving, and he gets close to the back, and he goes, oh, wait. Like, now I want to introduce you to, like, the American Nightmare. And, like, Cody Rhodes comes out, and he's like, yeah. And I was just like, oh, that was weird. And then, yeah. like, then they went to break. And then I was expecting to come back from break, and him... Cody be in the ring, but then like he was just gone and they were onto a match. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that was weird. It reminds me of Stephen A. Smith telling you he's best friends with Gary Patton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I like Cody. Please don't Cena him up. You know, for was, me. you know what was funny is the uh Cody goes or uh, Cena goes, uh he was trying to say, you know who is ready for the main event? Uh and he was gonna say Cody Rhodes is, and he goes, The nightmare. Oh. The American Nightmare. <laughs> and I was like, I oh, kind of played that off, all right. Yeah. It's like Cody Rhodes and Cody came out and like they shook hands and yada yada. And then they went to break and then they were on to a match after that. And I was like, that was a weird way to just show those two together. See, in the same way that you're saying, and I agree with you, that it was good that they put Sammy and Cody in the ring together. Yeah. The, the, the crowd's hit and miss on Cena. Like, I don't know that I want to rub him up against. Cody right now, right? Cody's doing his own thing. Cena's kind of a... See, I don't know. He feel, Cena feels... I don't know for you, maybe, but for me, Cena feels different now. He doesn't feel like the 2010 Cena, where the the crowd is legitimately split. Right. I feel like Cena... He's a legend now. He's, he's, that. he's a legend. He's a nostalgia act. Okay. Which is... He, he comes back, cuts a fun promo. He's really good at it. Yes. And that's it. And you're like, ah, cool. It was fun to see him. And also, I will say that I also recently watched uh, uh, Peacemaker, uh, his show. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not a comic book guy whatsoever. No. I've barely seen like any comic book no, movies. I'm the same there. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't know this was a thing. To be honest with you. So it's a spinoff of uh, Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, so he was in the second Suicide Squad movie. He comes. I don't know what the hell he does. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen the second Suicide Squad. I watched the first one because they filmed it in Toronto, and I want okay. to see the Toronto sure. landmarks. Yeah, why not? Um, the second one, he's in it, does something, gets his own show from it. The show was fucking amazing. Okay. It was incredible. Yeah. It's rated R, which is which mm. is weird. Like the second episode, like John Cena is like just oh, it's a show, not a movie. It's a show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The second episode, John Cena like takes a chick home from the bar, and then one of the scenes, he's just like railing her from behind you're like what is this john cena not pg yeah hustle loyalty respect uh it is it was a hilarious show i will recommend that so having an attitude adjustment of of sorts sorts. so having watched that show and then cena now i'm like i don't know i have a lot more respect for cena now i feel like like that was actually a hilarious show uh so yeah cena feels like more of a nostalgia at this point yeah i understand your point of like you, you know do people really like cena do you want to put them together with cody I can understand why they did it. Yeah. I just thought it was a weird way to do it. So outside of the main event, and I am looking forward to Cody Roman. I yeah, think, so I, am I. I think that's going to be awesome. Other things that they're building to towards Mania, what do you got your eye on? What, what's what got your attention that might be really good? Well, the K, the eventual KO Sammy versus yeah. Usos match, like for sure, I'm going to be yeah. all in on that. Yeah. Can uh, they, are they going to be able to transfer all that excitement into the tag picture, which now the Usos have held those belts forever as well. So yeah. that's become a thing. They've done a nice job building that back up. But or do you think fans will be 
see this as a step down and no, I, I think that fans will get behind it, okay. I've, especially because of how well WWE did in playing up the camaraderie, the love between Jay and Sammy. Yeah. And now that Jay has turned on Sammy yeah. and chosen Fucker. his brother. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that bastard. <laughs> I think that that really helps. Um, and I think that once KO agrees to be Sammy's partner, you know, I can imagine that it'll be very heartfelt and nice and- They'll play up like two years ago at WrestleMania. It was Sammy versus That's Kevin right, Owens. Yeah. Yep. And now they're together. You know, the forever frenemies. Because the whole story has been Sammy trying to warm up to the bloodline, trying to be friends with Roman and the Usos, and KO tell him, hey, they're using you. Yep. Like, this isn't going to work. Exactly. Like, I was right the whole time. Yeah. And at the Rumble, KO gets worn the fuck out yep. by, like, all this. And so KO finally comes back to, to Sammy and says... I told you so, yep. right? Like when Sammy says, "Why don't we go together and take them down?" Okay, well, get lost. I I told I'm you. I'm on my own now. To, yeah. Yep. So obviously, between now and Mania, they'll tie them back together and yep. do this tag title match. That will be awesome. And I feel like there's an element too of you'll be able to tell the storyline of the disintegration of the bloodline at yep. the same time. Yep. Because you can say if Roman loses, if the Osos lose, yep. there's already been fractures. Now you'll get to see the full collapse of it. Yes. Which will be m even more interesting at that point. I agree. Yeah. Um, in terms of other matches, like, I think there'll be a bunch of good matches. Um, like Charlotte. Yeah. And uh, Rhea, Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Like That'll be fun. That'll be good. They'll be able to revisit some history between them. Rhea is, I think, the most over woman in professional That's wrestling right. right now. Agreed. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of stuff that I'm just sort of like, normally Brock would be in something big, but he's with almost, you're kind of like, eh. I, I, I read a report that, um, and I'm not really a big dirt sheet guy, but okay. I read a report that originally they asked Brock if he wanted to work with Bray Wyatt, and he said no. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of funny to me. Yeah. Bray came back with a huge ton of momentum, but then has just like, totally fizzled out it yeah, seems yeah he's just the same sort of magic dark whatever uncle, so I guess Lashley's gonna do that Uncle Howdy Uncle Howdy like, what, what are we doing fuck what is are we Uncle Howdy what is like is it gonna turn out to be Bo Dallas <laughs> is that what it is the whole time like I don't know it's just like so, that, so those are two big names between Lashley and Brock that are off in matches that I eh. I would have rather see Lashley and Brock again I would yeah, have, yeah. And they've already done it. I get it. And but I was, in like a real, no scree finishes, no whatever. Yeah. Let's watch these two beat the shit out of each other. Exactly. Two, in the words of Big E, big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what I want to watch. <laughs> uh, I guess we're going to do Edge versus Finn. Yeah. That, that'll be fun. It'll be all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, there, it just, it feels a little light this year. I don't know what that is. I, I'm sure it'll be a good show. It always is. But yeah. They'll, they'll have some sort of attraction match. Well, I guess they have that with the... Uh, you know, we're going to get Austin again. No, no what's, his, what's his face? Paul. Not uh, Jake or Logan. Oh. I always get them mixed up. Yeah, I think it's Logan. Logan. Yeah. Yeah, Jake's the boxer. Yeah, so Logan yeah, yeah. and... Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. And like yeah. any time that I have Seth's said... Seth's awesome. I wish he wasn't dealing with that. Any time that I have said, like, who the hell is Logan Paul? Or like, what does he have any business doing? Then I'm like, oh my God, this guy's actually pretty good he at this. He does seem to put on Seems a good like show. He has an aptitude for this Is somehow. Bad Bunny going to be there? Like a, these sorts of... I, I don't know. I think a lot of people are excited, hoping The Rock might be back this year. But it feels like it. for the last 10 years, everyone said, maybe The Rock will come back. Yeah, but in this case, it would have made sense. It's his cousin, and it's in L.A., it's in LA. all that stuff. But He's got a lot going on, Yeah, especially with like the XFL now and stuff like that. Yeah. 
I don't Which, know. It's it's it'll be an alright show. I'm sure I'll I'll check it out. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch. Yeah. I'm I'm, uh, I'm like I'll be writing some stuff. Like Ray and Dominic, I guess. Sure, <laughs> that's been an alright story. I guess Dominic's been funny. Yeah, yeah, like, he he has been funny. Like yeah. his whole and he just like keeps harping on like yeah when I spent time <laughs> yeah. when I spent when I did hard time. It was like for whatever it was, like a misdemeanor or something. Right. Six hours. In yeah. Clink. Uh, yeah, that'll be all right. Um, I'm going to write something for it. I don't know what yet. Probably just a generic preview. Um, but then the actual two nights of Mania, first and second, yeah. Saturday, Sunday, and I'm working those nights. So I'm not really probably, I'm Live not really going to get to watch probably. I'm, no, I'm, oh, no, I'm working, I'm, working. I'm on, like, I'm on Sportsnet Central those oh, okay. nights. Yeah. Because historically, yeah, you've been, uh... I've been... Yeah, usually they ask me to blog the, yeah. the tent pole events, they call them. Okay. Uh, yeah, even for Elimination Chamber, I remember in when we're in the Sportsnet studio, like the central studio, Yeah. there's like a shitload of TVs all over the place, and like you can ask the control room to put up different things. So sure. I think the Saturday night of Elimination Chamber was Hockey in Canada, <laughs> um... Uh, NBA All-Star Saturday night, so right. like dunk competition, yeah. and then Elimination Chamber. Anyways, I came in earlier, and so I'm sitting at the desk watching all these TVs, but I had our playback operator throw Elimination Chamber and the audio within the studio. Okay. So Martine Guyard, who's <laughs> the biggest beauty in the world, yeah. I fucking love Martine, she's yeah. the greatest, comes in and she hears just like, oh, put something through the table! And Martine's <laughs> like, what are we watching? I was like, oh, it's Elimination Chamber, Martine. Yeah. She's like, all right. <laughs> Not loving the wrestling. She's she's like she's like sure. She's like what's a legend? She's been around for oh my god, and not feeling the wrestling. She's whatever. It's not for no. Of course, Um, um, Martine Guyard is one of the biggest beauties of all time. She is (laughs) one of the nicest people I've ever met. She's one of the most genuine people I've ever met, and just so down to earth with everything. Uh, Always down to talk. Always so willing to. Whatever you want to do, she's into it. Uh, whether for, like for on television stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, she's just she's the best. I can't commend her enough for being right, just the best. We need to reach she, out to her to be, uh, dude. She's the best. Yeah. I found out her husband. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you know the show Love It or List It? Yes. Unfortunately, her, I do. The Canadian, I think it's the Canadian version. One of the versions. Yeah. Her husband was like the main contractor on the show. Oh, really? So they're like whatever the who when they want to love it they bring in like oh we're gonna need to renovate this whole fucking house and then he comes in and like does all the renovations okay he's the main guy wow yeah so like super random. power couple and fa- also randomly found out that he used to be a professional fisherman oh yeah and martine was just like oh yeah when we first met i had to pretend that i liked fishing I was, <laughs> I was like, that's pretty good so he was maybe the guy who used to take like Wendell Clark or Leo, uh, Nick Antropov. Yeah, There's a yeah, couple yeah. of Leafs who used to show up on these fishing shows all that's the time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so. The old uh, uh, fish in the flats. Yes. Old Bob Azumi. <laughs> things like right. that. <laughs> Henry uh, Italo. Henry and Italo. Henry Wozchuk. That was his name. Okay. He, used to, he used to play in the uh, CFL and then he became a fisherman. All right. I'll take right. your word for that. I, I don't know. I watched, when I was younger, I watched a lot of fishing shows on yeah. TSN. All right. I don't okay. know why. Yeah, motoring too. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, shut up motoring. Yeah. Um, look, before we get you out of here, we got to touch on AEW is a, little, a little bit here as well. They just had an event here uh, a week or so ago. Daniel Bryan. Oops. Bryan Danielson. Who? Yeah, exactly. You mark. Dan- Daniel Bryan only exists in one universe. It's true. 
I, uh, actually, I think he died like three years ago. I'm not sure. Uh, Brian Danielson. Oh, him. MJF. Yeah, yeah. Iron Man match. Overtime. Uh, have seen that story before. Shout out Sean and Brett. Yeah, they did it uh, quite nicely here as well. What did you text me? At, right how, at? how did Jack Tunney not? Come yeah, out? yeah, that's right. Jack I, Tunney I, was. Oh, that's right. And I said been the one to bring it in overtime. And I said they needed the Fink to be that's like right. this match must, must continue. continue. <laughs> that's all I think of whenever overtime happens. Yeah. Um, look, they're doing a nice job. Their show continues to develop, but it seems to have maybe, and maybe it's just me, but it feels like it's lost a little steam. Is it too simplistic to think that they really miss Punk? Um. I'm sure that could be part of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that they removing him from their program. big name. I mean, I'm sure it screwed up a lot of oh, yeah. storylines too. And I don't blame them for deciding. Yeah. Enough, enough. Sir, yeah, exactly. After what he did after when he won the title, like I very much get it, but I'm sure it threw a lot of their creative decisions into flux at that point. Yeah. They had to really pivot a lot all of a sudden. And, you know, maybe that did kill some of the momentum. So Punk has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, it just feels like it's been kind of stagnant lately for revolu- yeah. for the entire Revolution card. I was just like, yeah, meh, it all seems fine. Yeah. And, like, I watched and I was like, yeah, that was a good card. I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I was supposed to be blown away by it or underwhelmed by it. But I was just kind of like, yeah, that was a pro wrestling card and I yes. enjoyed it. Sure. <laughs> uh, the Iron Man match in general, I'm not sure it, like created a new wave of a momentum for AEW no. to speak to your point about it just kind of being stagnant yeah because i think that it is but i think that the night at the dynamite afterwards has created some new interesting storylines and i'm gonna be excited to see where it goes the whole i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna try and tune in dynamite every single week I so badly want it to work and it is working right yeah. in terms of what TNT and TBS and whatever could have expected out of it. They're, they're getting as much as they, but it did feel there was a period, like it felt like they were almost catching up and built like maybe it was the next big thing. Like it really, and it, and maybe sorry. it's just novelty I, that's worn off a little. And now it's just, yeah. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel quite the same over the last maybe six months or so. I've I've wondered the same thing. I've wondered, like, am I naive to think that it was actually as big as it was or right. was that just my excitement? Yeah. Um, I think that it's a little column A, column B. I think yeah. that there really was a lot of groundswell support for it and that still exists. But in terms of the actual product they've been exhibiting for the last six months or so, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just been like, meh. It's, yeah. been, it's been fine for the most part. And maybe part of it is the roster's settled a li- little. There's less big surprises jumping in all the time. That's and a good I, point. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I'm still enjoying it. I, I will be honest. I'm not watching it as much as I, like it for a while. Wednesdays felt like I have to catch it. Now it's, well, PVR, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Part of that, I guess, is just, yeah, it's, it's settled in, right? It, 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 it was a big thing. It was the new thing. I wanted it to work. And then there was these big names jumping. And now it's, I don't know, it's a show you watch every week like anything else. And yep. I, I'm enjoying it, but maybe it's a little different. And some of it maybe, I don't know, MJF uh, tweeted out, quote tweeted earlier in the week. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, AEW had a video of of Danielson saying, it's it's time for me to go home. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and MJF quoted it with just the waving hand emoji and LOL. <laughs> like, what an asshole. Like, I love that guy. He, yeah. yeah. He, In terms of the modern, the perfect modern heel, he lives amazing. The, he lives amazing. the gimmick. Yeah, like Jim Cornette is sitting there thinking about having that guy in Smoky Mountain Wrestling <laughs> in 1994 and just, like, losing his mind. Yeah. Uh, MJF is legitimately a star. He plays it up. He plays it up like everybody wants him, and I think everybody does. He really works. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see who dethrones him eventually. Yeah. Um, I don't think we know. Like, it, it appears they're gearing him up for a bit of a long run here before we, like, I don't know who they're going to build up. Like, there doesn't appear to be someone imminently. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, who that guy is. That's like, right. I don't know. You're like, oh, does, like, Back orange, Mox. Like, orange cat. Ugh, I'm, I know. I'm just saying. That's the I, I, under, I understand. Bo- yeah. You're kind of boxed into now. It's, yeah, you're moxed into it. Hey, how about that? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to continue to watch. Yeah. TSN's every Wednesday, by the way. See, I'm bipartisan. I like it. Friday's a little unreliable. You've got other things going on. Well, it's never... It's hard to find. Rampage, so, Rampage is never on TV, right? That's what I'm saying. It's always like you got to go onto the app or something because we're running curling on three TSN channels on Friday. Oh, yeah. Briar action. Yeah. Got to get the Briar and the Scotty. Got to. Did you go to... Uh, to AW when it was in town here a month or two ago? I did. Yeah, how yeah. was it? Good in arena experience? It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was the it was when Orange Cassidy won the All Atlantic Championship, which is turning into the International Championship or something. Okay. Um they're like changing it this coming Wednesday in Winnipeg because in I Winnipeg. think Yeah, because they, I think they marked I'm it. I'm from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um the Winnipeg show I'm actually very excited for yeah. uh, because it looks like it'll be really good. They have a match featuring Kenny and Chris Jericho. Nice. I think it's a three-way match. Yeah, it's a three-way match for the trios title. So that'll just be a fucking gong show of a match for those who enjoy just the indie spot fest. Sure. Like, that's what this will be. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be fun. And then you have Orange Cassidy versus... Oh, Christ. I can't remember who's <laughs> wrestling now. But they're going to change the All-Atlantic Championship to the International Championship. Okay. I think that's the whole gimmick. You know, here's what I just thought of. Sorry if we're going long here. By all means, man. I got nowhere to be. I know you're... <laughs> Where? Yeah. My, yeah. my niece and nephew can wait. <laughs> we appreciate your commitment to the show. One thing that I've realized with AEW is when it first started, it felt like the little engine that could. Yeah. It has very much... And it's hard to fault them for this. It is very much turned into a product that is utilizing a shitload of crossover advertising in order to get money. Mm-hmm. For example, one of the things I thought of was how everyone hated at Elimination Chamber the Mountain Dew match. Because uh, you're like, first of all, like, like you're so if you weren't it, watching, it's a gimmick match. Yeah, Mountain sorry. Dew has a new. Pitch black flavor, yeah, whatever. So we're gonna have a pitch black match sponsored by Mountain Dew, and you're like, all right, it's the Mountain Dew pitch black match, and it turned out to just be we ran it under black lights. Yeah, it was like a shitty, like it was a brutal rave or something. (laughs) Have you ever been to a good one? (laughs) (laughs) And so everyone immediately was just like, like, oh boy. Tony Khan on this past Wednesday's Dynamite announced that with this new international championship, he like did a promo himself and he was like, thanks guys. And they killed the crowd mics for the, or the crowd, um, crowd sound for this too. So it was just him. So you couldn't hear people being like, like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) 
So he's just like, in partnership with the new movie Shazam, uh. brought to you by whatever. And you're just like, like all this is is just for money. That's yeah. all this is. And like, it totally takes me out of it. Yeah. AEW felt like it was them against the world at first. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, oh, we have this sponsorship and like this is sponsored by this. And again, I can't fault them for it. They have to pay the bills somehow. Mm -hmm. They're going to have to start making money somehow when they have all these huge contracts coming in. But like at the same time, like- Corporate synergy sucks for the live fans. Yeah, like it doesn't feel fun anymore. No. We're just, you're taking a break to tell me about how great like- SO gases. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, this Wednesday on Dynamite, the Triple Threat Trios matchup is brought to you by Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. You can find donuts there. And you're like, oh, cool. All right. It's true. I can. Yeah, you're I damn. knew that. Why are you bugging me during my wrestling? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Anyways, I feel like that has a lot of the reason to do with, not a lot, but it's for me some of the reason that AEW has lost some appeal where it just feels way more corporate. Yeah. It had that kind of ECW punk rock feel at the beginning absolutely and now you're just another warner brothers company yeah or wb discovery whatever the hell they're going by now and again it's hard to fault them of course they that's gotta, the world we live in they gotta make money right that's the world we live in but do it's you, just like man that kind of sucks do you believe uh you know we're starting to hear the rumblings i know you said you're not necessarily a dirt sheet guy but that wwe is going to go hard after kenny and he's a free agent and and maybe the bucks and the, like We've heard that talk before, but yeah. the Bucks especially, and Kenny, I guess, coming out of Japan, but they've always sort of resisted the idea going to WWE. I wonder if it not being Vince now is is Triple H the the cool factor that brings people yeah. over. Yeah, I I don't know, um, but that would it's, that would kill it's, AEW, it would rip the heart rate out. Of it, it would be most the friggin' company is named after them, right? So yeah, Cody, and then. Any of the Bucks or Any of the Bucks or Kenny. It'd be devastating for the company. You know, I don't know. It's pure speculation. I'm going to say no. Okay. I'm going to say no. They're never going to go. Right. They're going to stay with AEW. They're never going anywhere. This was their lifelong dream to get a wrestling company, to get action figures made out of themselves. And now they have all that. And it was built on their backs. They're not going to leave at this point. Cody's reasons to go to WWE way more understandable than why the Bucks and Kenny would want to go. Cody was there, uh, never felt like he was able to reach the mountaintop. Oh, he was a joke. He was a joke, so now right. he's like, this built is my... himself up. Exactly. This is my... Back is, this is why I built myself up, to I'm go back and win... of the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Exactly. Tell a story here. Now I can... something Dad never did. Now I can win the big one. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. It makes more sense for Cody than it story. did for these guys. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. Um, Kevin Mickey, man, I appreciate you coming in, making some time oh. you, like I said, off the top, we've made some very good friends of the show over the course of the pandemic, but we weren't able to meet any of them in person. It was always <laughs> on zoom or, or whatever. And such was the nature, uh, of a global pandemic trying Indeed. to run a podcast during it. Um, uh, things have, have loosened back up a little bit and, uh, you were here in town. I appreciate you making some time, man. Maddie. Always a pleasure. All Next right. time I'm in town, we'll do it again. Uh, 100%, man. And uh, looking forward to that. You can catch Kevin Mickey all over the place on Sportsnet and apparently working the desk on WrestleMania Saturday <laughs> and Sunday. That's right. See you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, my name is Matt Robinson. Thank you for checking out this episode of Tall Can Audio. We are on social media at Tall Can Audio. And uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now. We got all kinds of great stuff coming up on the podcast. Uh, Steve Bunda from TSN 1200 is going to return here shortly. We've got tons of UFC stuff to get into with him. 
as I said, uh, Claire Hanna and Kyle Bukoskis are on the feed already, so check that stuff out. And uh, we'll wind this one down here for uh, our buddy Kevin Mickey. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?